Good Monday morning to you. This is Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, brand new station. And we have a brand new show for you as well. Outside the Walls is going to be a show where we examine the intersection between faith and culture and learn how to live our faith more fully in the world around us. And St. Michael Catholic Radio is going to bring you the best Catholic programming from around the nation, right here in our hometown on 102.9 FM. Well, the day has finally come. Here we are broadcasting on 102.9 FM. Maybe you are one of the many people who helped make this station possible, and you've been waiting with us just antsy for this day to come. Well, all is done, and here we are. Now, maybe you're just flipping through the stations and trying to find something that's really interesting and engaging, and, and I hope that that is going to be this show. Maybe you're stuck in traffic and you have nothing better to do and you want someone to yell at other than the driver in front of you, and I, and I hope I can help with that as well. Uh, Outside the Walls is going to be a weekly show here from 7 to 8 every Monday morning. We're going to play it a couple of times throughout the week as well. Uh, but it's going to be a show that is focused around some of the goings-ons of the day and how that interacts with our faith. Because we don't have a faith that's meant to be compartmentalized away on just Sunday morning and then we're done with it. No, our faith is supposed to infuse everything that we do. It is the core of our being. It's the beginning of the mission. It's the go ye therefore into all the world. And so it's the driving force of our life. Well, if that's the case, then we need to have some idea of how our faith impacts our life in a real and tangible way. And so that's what we're going to be looking at here every Monday morning, and we're going to do that through a number of different ways. Now, the, the name of the show is Outside the Walls, and I wanted to take a moment to explain that to you here. Uh, I know that you're going to be a faithful weekly listener for the duration of this show for years and years and years, as long as we have the blessing of being able to be on the air. Uh, and so I'm just going to tell you this once, or you know, maybe a few times as time goes on, but we'll start with once. Uh, Outside the Walls was actually crowdsourced. I went to, to Facebook. I am a Facebooker. Uh, and I, I said, hey, all of you people, all three of you who are waiting on pins and needles for my show to be on the air, what shall we call this thing? And I got several very good suggestions, all of them uh, that I would never have thought up on my own. Uh, but then this one rolled across my, uh, my computer screen. It said, outside the walls. And I thought about it for a moment and and I had some positive reaction to it, and I had some some qualms about it. And uh, but as I went throughout my day and I went throughout my week, it kept coming back and and needling me a little bit more and a little bit more. And it, and really, it grew on me to a place where I couldn't think of it being anything else. Uh, and so, outside the walls has a couple of different meanings for me as I uh, contemplated it. The first is that we are a missional church. We are called to go to the outside, uh, to the edges, to the fringes, to the poor and the needy, to the marginalized. Our, our commission that Christ gave to his apostles was go into all the world and make disciples. And so we have to be an outward-looking church. 
We can't just be focused on our own programs internally for our parishes, for the people that we see in the pews every week. We have to be a church that goes outside, outside the walls of our own church. And so there's this this cutting edge, uh, uncomfortable missional aspect of being outside the walls. Uh, But then there's another side of outside the walls as well, and that is the side of a connection to our history. I I think of the the church in Rome, St. Paul outside the walls, and all throughout that church building are these beautiful mosaics of each of the popes throughout all of history. And so from St. Peter all the way up now to Pope Francis, we have the faces of those who have led the church. And there's this connection, this continuity to our history. And so for us to be outside the walls in our faith is is one of being very forward-focused and leaning out to the edges to be the hands and the feet of Christ. But it's also a reaching back and keeping hold of our tradition, not neglecting to see what's in front of us, but also not letting go of what's behind. And so, everything we do in this show is going to be directed at those two things, looking into our history and looking into the world that needs us to be the hands and feet of Christ. Now, that's an awful lot of ground to cover, but that's really a good thing because it's going to allow us to be really broad with the topics that we cover here. So as we begin the show today, and not only today's episode, but as we begin the show, the series, uh, I'd like to start it off the right way. And that's by offering our time together here uh, into the hands of God and submitting ourselves to him, asking his spirit to give us wisdom. So let's do that together in prayer now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful. Enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise, and ever enjoy your consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Well, I am so very glad that you have tuned in today, Uh, but I need your help because I'm an extrovert. Now, that makes it really easy for me to share my opinions or even to talk a lot, but it makes it difficult for me to be stuffed in a small room behind a microphone without any interaction. And so I'm asking you to be a part of this show. Uh, Now, I don't have a call-in number, and so that's going to make it difficult, but I do have some online ways to connect. We've got three ways that you can be a part of this show. One is through Facebook. If you go to facebook.com, you can look us up on Outside the Walls uh, by typing in facebook.com slash step outside the walls. And there you'll find some of the the news stories that have uh, made it onto the show that day. You'll find some stuff that didn't make it onto the show, but we still found was interesting. And and so we invite you to be a part of that conversation. Now, the second way that you can interact with us is through Twitter. Yes, Twitter. Uh, And our Twitter handle is at Outside the Walls. 
easy enough to remember. And then lastly, if you are not a social media person, you can interact through just normal email by sending an email to outside the walls at stmichaelradio.com. That's stmichaelradio.com. So those are the ways you can interact and be a part of the show. And we really uh, look forward to getting to know you and having these conversations in the near future. All right, so let's switch gears here. We've got all the preliminaries taken care of, and now it's time to jump in. Now, whether you're Catholic or not, and you're listening to this station, I'm going to guess that you have heard about the recent Synod of the Family, where where Pope Francis got several of the cardinals and bishops from around the world to meet with him in Vatican City to talk about what it means to be a family and how we as the church can pastorally approach a society that's largely lost an understanding of what that means. Now, I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, that's That was the synod before the synod. There's actually another synod coming up on the same topic this time next year. But what I want to talk about is immediately following that synod, uh, Pope Francis called this conference, uh, this colloquium, called Humanum. Now, for those of you who are not used to the Latin, that's H-U-M-A-N-U-M. And you can find the website at humanum.it. Now, when you first get there, it's all in Italian. You'll have to go up to the right-hand top of it and and click on it and scroll down to English. Uh, But then you'll be able to see a number of things that are coming up. And I'm very excited about this conference. Uh, I even think they're going to be streaming some of it, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, But this conference is going to have a number of speakers from a number of different traditions. Uh, So we have uh, Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, who is the prefect of the congregation uh, for the doctrine of the faith. Uh, I would expect him to be there. Uh, But then we also have uh, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, uh, former chief rabbi of the UK and the Commonwealth. Then there's Bishop Michael Nazir Ali, who's the director of the Oxford Center for Training and Research. Uh, He is a bishop for the Church of England. Uh, Then we have Dr. Russell Moore, who's the president of Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, There are people that you would recognize, uh, Reverend Tom Wright, or uh, N.T. Wright, as some people know him. Uh, He's also a Church of England. There's also Rick Warren from Saddleback. Uh, You may know him from the Purpose Driven Life books that he wrote several years ago. All in all, there are over 30 speakers who are attending this conference in the Vatican from uh, men and women from all different faith traditions, not only Protestant and Catholic, but also uh, some non-Christian organizations will be there as well, all gathering together to talk about the complementarity of men and women. Uh, now, this is fascinating to me for a, for a number of reasons. Uh, one, that you would have this international interreligious colloquium on the complementarity of men and women uh, immediately following the Synod of the Family, uh, that you would have these speakers from many different traditions coming together to talk about something that society in general is very opposed to these days. Uh, that's also very interesting to me. Uh, But I think perhaps uh, the most interesting thing to me, and and this really doesn't have anything to do with the topic of the conversation, but it's interesting to me how 
loudly the media proclaims uh, that the Catholic Church is irrelevant. And yet how quickly uh, something like this gets put together. And when the Vatican invites you to come to something, apparently you come. Because there are people from all over the world who, who some of them are very popular in their own right, who I'm sure have very busy schedules, and yet they're all going to be there on very short notice to come and talk about this topic that's so pressing to our world. So I'm very thankful for the leadership of Pope Francis in this, and, and I'm sure uh, there are a number of different congregations there in the Vatican that are involved with this, the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith together with the Pontifical Council for the Family, the Pontifical Council for Interreligious Dialogue, and the Pontifical Council for the Promotion of Christian Unity. And altogether, uh, I think it's going to be just an excellent program. So before we go into this break, I'm going to leave you with the, the audio from the trailer, the video trailer for this event. Let's listen together. Every society in the history of the world has seen that yin and yang, the masculine and the feminine, are not limited to humans or even just to animals. The God who invented human sexuality also invented the universe. The two fit. The couple is the starting point, but it's, it's a ripple, it goes round, wide. Whatever I do in my marriage, the circle keeps increasing, it keeps widening until it covers the whole world. In every context throughout history, where there were strong families, only good came of it. Across societies, or the growth of decline of civilizations, it's the family. Marriage is beyond us. It's about the society. It is your own project for the world. You have ravished my heart, my sister, my bride. I belong to my lover, and my lover belongs to me. Well, don't go away. We will be right back after a short break on Outside the Walls here on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM. Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio 102.9 FM here in South Tulsa and Broken Arrow. Glad to have you here today. One of the things we want to do on every time we come together, every show, is to spend a little bit of time in the scripture. Uh, There's a number of ways that you can do that as an individual, but the one that we're going to do here is we're going to spend a little bit of time reading the Mass readings for the day. Now, if you didn't know this, there are a few scripture readings every single day of the whole year. And if you read them every day of the whole year, it takes maybe five minutes, uh, and you do that over the course of three years, you will have read uh, a majority of scripture. 
Uh, now, you can do this on your own at home with your family. You can also do this by going to Mass on one of the daily Mass times. Uh, you know, a daily Mass maybe takes 30 minutes unless you get someone who preaches a really quick homily, and then, then you might be able to get out of there in uh, 20 minutes. Uh, in fact, I've got a question, and I'd like for you to uh, respond via Facebook or via Twitter, uh, or send me an email. Again, Facebook is facebook.com slash step outside the walls. Uh, Twitter is at outside the walls. And our email address is outside the walls at stmichaelradio.com. That's stmichaelradio.com. And the question of the day is what is the fastest daily mass you have ever attended? Uh, so go ahead and send that in to me through uh, Facebook or through Twitter or through email. What's the fastest you have ever gotten through a daily Mass? I I'm just curious. So now let's turn our attention back to the Scripture. Uh, St. Jerome, who was an interpreter of Scripture, a, a translator of Scripture into Latin, he gave us the Latin Vulgate, he is uh, credited with saying, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. And so as we seek to know Christ better, one of the ways that we do that is by approaching sacred scripture. So today we're going to be reading uh, the readings of the day. Uh, it's St. Elizabeth of Hungary. It's her memorial. Uh, and the first reading of the day from the proper of the saints is 1 John three fourteen through 18. Uh, so let's read that together. It says this. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Whoever does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life remaining in him. The way we came to know love was that he laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If someone who has worldly means sees a brother in need and refuses him compassion, how can the love of God remain in him? Children, let us love not in word or speech, but in deed and truth. That reading again coming from 1 John three, fourteen through 18. So let's turn together to the Psalms now. We're going to read Psalm 34 verses 2 through 11. And as you hear this, realize that the Psalms are very often prayers or declarations, and I encourage you to make this your prayer and your declaration today as well. And today's Psalm says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be always in my mouth. My soul will glorify the Lord. Let the poor hear and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, delivered me from all my fears. Look to him and be radiant, and your faces may not blush for shame. The poor one cried out, and the Lord heard, and from all his distress he saved him. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he saves them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the stalwart one who takes refuge in him. 
Fear the Lord, you his holy ones. Nothing is lacking to those who fear him. The rich grow poor and go hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. That again is Psalm 34, 2 through 11. And then lastly, as we remember St. Elizabeth of Hungary, uh, our reading from the gospel is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 27 through 38. Here it says, But to you who hear, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other one as well. And from the person who takes your cloak, do not withhold even your tunic. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from the one who takes what is yours, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend your money to those from whom you expect a repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and get back the same amount. But rather, love your enemies and do good to them and lend expecting nothing back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High. For he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as also your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you, a good measure packed together, shaken down, and overflowing will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. And again, that reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 27 through 38. Through these readings today, we face a great challenge. Because in the commission that Christ gave us to go into all the world and make disciples, we sometimes fall into the, the trap of believing that that simply means to go out and evangelize, or to go out and to, to teach people about Jesus, to get them to, uh, to begin following Jesus intellectually, and that somehow all of their problems will go away if they simply trust in Jesus uh, for their salvation. And uh, if they go to Mass and to receive the graces, then, then their life will be, will be better. And yet, uh, that's not what we've been asked to do by Christ. We've been asked to go out and make disciples. Uh, this is a, um, a hands-on task, and sometimes it means getting our hands dirty. And, and the, so the scriptures that we read today, they, they tell us to give sacrificially of ourselves and of our means, that if someone comes and forcibly takes something from us, that we aren't to resist them, but rather we're to give them even more, that if someone comes to us needing assistance, that we lend not expecting a return, but that we lend without any expectation of return, simply because we have the means and they have the need. 
And this is a very difficult, challenging thing for our Western minds to comprehend. Uh, And so I I just want to sit with it for a while. Uh, The reason that we are given these passages of Scripture today, given to us by Christ and by the Apostle, uh, is because St. Elizabeth of Hungary exemplified these teachings. Though she was royalty, the daughter of a king, she chose not to live in the lap of luxury, but chose rather to go out and to serve the poor. Not only from her position as a princess caring for her subjects and taking care of their needs, but also founding several hospitals and going not just providing money, but physically going and caring for the sick, dressing even the most repulsive sores with her own hands. And lest you think that being a queen, being a princess, she lived a a charmed life. She herself experienced many difficulties in her life, being rejected by uh, those around her after her husband died, and she herself dying at the young age of 24. So think about that for a moment. She became a saint simply through the sacrificial actions of her life before the age of 24. Now, if, if she can do that, then, then we can do that as well. Uh, certainly, we don't have our own kingdom, and yet we do have our sphere of influence. Certainly, we don't have the riches that would come with being royalty, and yet we in America, uh, compared to the rest of the world, are a people of great means. Now, it would be a very easy temptation to fall into to look at these passages as an intellectual yet passive observer, saying, oh, how wonderful that Christ and his apostles called the early Christians to live sacrificial lives caring for the poor. How wonderful that in that society with such oppression, uh, they chose to draw their people uh, into a life of service. But in our day and age, with uh, our social services and our charities, we really have the poor well taken care of. And so I personally don't need to be involved in caring for them. I think that this is why the church has given us saints over history so that we can see that the gospel is not bound by a specific time or a specific place, but that it applies to everyone in every part of history, that those who are called by the name of Christ, who are given the opportunity and the means and the influence, are called by Christ to offer help, to be the hands and the feet of Christ, to offer hope to a hopeless world. And so we thank God for St. Elizabeth of Hungary, and we say in prayer, O God, by whose gift St. Elizabeth of Hungary recognized and revered Christ and the poor, grant through her intercession that we may serve with unfailing charity the needy and those afflicted. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. So we'll be back in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio 102.9 
FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. Welcome back. This is Timothy Putnam on Outside the Walls on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. Very glad to have you here on our inaugural show. We're a little more than halfway through our time together, and so now we want to turn our attention to the past. When we started out the show, I said that Outside the Walls both is focused on being forward-thinking and reaching out to the margins to be the hands and feet of Christ, but we also don't want to let go of our history. And so we're going to take some time and read one of the documents of the church. Now, today we're not going to go all that far back, just to 1965, though some days we're going to go as far back as we can with the writings of the church. Today we're just going to come back to the document Gaudium et Spes. And what I want to do is we're looking at what it means to be outside the walls, is to examine our place as laity in the church, to examine who we are who are not priests. Uh, you know, I grew up as a, a Protestant. Uh, I grew up in the home of a clergy person in the Protestant church and ended up actually working for several years uh, as a church staff member in the Protestant church. And so one of the things that I always struggled with was finding my place. And uh, there was this tendency to think that our faith, that our religion was something that we were consumers of and that we went and we uh, spectated uh, on our Sunday morning services, and the the staff, the church staff, the pastors, and the associate ministers, and the musicians, they were the ones who were doing worship, and, and we were there uh, participating in more of a spectator way. Uh, and so that's not what Christ had in mind, and it's not what the Catholic Church has in mind for us. That yes, the liturgy is something that we all participate in, but the liturgy is only one very small part of our faith. And so, what is our place? Well, the Church has given us a document. Now, before we begin reading this document, I think it's only safe to warn you that if you've never read a document of the Church, they can get a little wordy. Uh, they can get uh, convoluted sentences that you really have to pay attention to. So if you're in dense, dense traffic and you're having difficulty keeping up, uh, well, this is going to be podcast. So you can go back and listen to it again, or you can look up these documents of the church uh, and read them for yourselves. So we're going to start with Gaudium et Spes, which is the pastoral constitution on the church in the modern world. And we're going to be in part one, which is the church and man's calling, and in chapter four, which is the role of the church in the modern world. And at number 43, we read this. This council, which is the Second Vatican Council, exhorts Christians as citizens of two cities, both heaven and earth, to strive to discharge their earthly duties conscientiously, and in response to the gospel spirit. They are mistaken who, knowing that we have here no abiding city, but seek one which is to come, think that they may therefore shirk their earthly responsibilities. For they are forgetting that by faith itself they are more obliged than ever to measure up to these duties, each according to his proper vocation. Nor, on the contrary, 
are there any less wide of the mark who think that religion consists in acts of worship alone and the discharge of certain moral obligations, and who imagine they can plunge themselves into earthly affairs in such a way as to imply that these are altogether divorced from religious life? This split between the faith which many profess and their daily lives deserves to be counted among the more serious errors of our age. Long since, the prophets of the Old Testament fought vehemently against this scandal, and even more so did Jesus Christ himself in the New Testament threaten it with grave punishments. Therefore, let there be no false opposition between professional and social activities on the one part, and religious life on the other. The Christian who neglects his temporal duties, neglects his duties towards his neighbor and even God, and jeopardizes his eternal salvation. Christians should rather rejoice that following the example of Christ, who worked as an artisan, they are free to give proper exercise to all their earthly activities and to their humane, domestic, professional, social, and technical enterprises by gathering them into one vital synthesis with religious values under whose supreme direction all things are harmonized unto God's glory. Secular duties and activities belong properly, although not exclusively, to laymen. Therefore, acting as citizens in the world, whether individually or socially, they will keep the laws proper to each discipline and labor to equip themselves with a genuine expertise in their various fields. They will gladly work with men seeking the same goals, acknowledging the demands of faith and endowed with its force. They will unhesitantly devise new enterprises where they are appropriate and put them into action. Laymen should also know that it is generally the function of their well-formed Christian conscience to see that the divine law is inscribed in the life of the earthly city. From priests they may look for spiritual light and nourishment. Let the layman not imagine that his pastors are always such experts— that to every problem which arises, however complicated, they can readily give him a concrete solution, or even that such is their mission. Rather, enlightened by Christian wisdom and giving close attention to the teaching authority of the church, let the layman take his own distinctive role. Often enough, the Christian view of things will itself suggest some specific solution in certain circumstances. Yet it happens rather frequently, and legitimately so, that with equal sincerity some of the faithful will disagree with others on a given matter. Even against the intentions of their proponents, however, solutions proposed on one side or another may be easily confused by many people with the gospel message. Hence, it is necessary for people to remember that no one is allowed in the aforementioned situations to appropriate the church's authority for his opinion." They should always try to enlighten one another through honest discussion, preserving mutual charity, and caring above all for the common good. Since they have an active role to play in the whole life of the church, laymen are not only bound to penetrate the world with a Christian spirit, but are also called to be witnesses to Christ in all things in the midst of human society. Although by the power of the Holy Spirit, the church will remain the faithful spouse of her Lord and will never cease to be the sign of salvation on earth, still she is very aware that among her members, both clerical and lay, some have been unfaithful to the Spirit of God during the course of many centuries, 
in the present age too, it does not escape the church how great a distance lies between the message she offers and the human failings of those to whom the gospel is entrusted. Whatever be the judgment of history on these defects, we ought to be conscious of them and struggle against them energetically, lest they inflict harm on spread of the gospel. The church also realizes that in working out her relationship with the world, she always has great need of the ripening which comes with experience of the centuries. Led by the Holy Spirit, Mother Church unceasingly exhorts her sons to, quote, purify and renew themselves so that the sign of Christ can shine more brightly on the face of the church, close quote. These are the words of the Second Vatican Council reminding us as lay members that we have an obligation to the gospel that goes beyond sitting in the pew on Sunday morning. It goes beyond putting our children in religious education. It goes beyond being a part even of uh, some social event within the church. But that in our daily lives, through our circle of influences, we are called to be the hands and feet of Christ. We are called, the church echoes the call of Christ to his disciples, echoes that call to us. Come, follow me. In the Gospels, Christ says, If anyone would come after me, let him take up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. This is more than just an intellectual pursuit. And it's one that we have to take seriously if we claim the name of Christ, if we participate in his body. Now, this kind of life is so much more difficult than mere evangelization, than than merely proclaiming the word, uh, which we're also supposed to do. Uh, But I think rather that this kind of evangelization uh, comes out of the sacrificial life. One of the best ways that we can evangelize and tell people about uh, the, the graces of God that we receive through the Catholic faith is by living a life that produces questions. Now, what do I mean by that? In 1 Peter 3.15, Peter says, Now sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope, but do it with gentleness and respect. So in this passage, Peter is telling us that his idea of evangelization is not standing on the street corner with a megaphone. Rather, his picture of evangelization is living a life so saturated with Christ that people ask questions. Now, right before this, he's talking about the people who he's speaking with are being maligned and they're suffering for righteousness and that they shouldn't be afraid of their persecutors. And this, their, their holy response to trial and to difficulty raises questions in the minds not only of their persecutors, but in the people who are watching and saying, why are they not responding in a way that we would assume they would? What is different about these people? And so it is in the question that the opportunity to share the gospel is made manifest because we are no longer coming unsolicited. We are not imposing our views on anyone. Rather, we are answering a question that's been asked about the hope that's within us. We are proposing the truth, and then the truth will have the opportunity to impose itself on the heart of the questioner. And so I encourage you today to meditate on these things, the scriptures that we read, the document of the church, and ask yourself, 
How can I live a life that will produce a question in the heart of those around me so that I can give an answer for the hope that's within me? You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM. Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM. We are very glad that you stuck around with us. We've got just a little bit of time left together, so let's see what we can get squeezed in. All right. Well, we are so glad that you've listened to this, our very first episode of Outside the Walls, and hope that you'll make this part of your normal routine. Uh, And also invite your friends and neighbors and maybe even your enemies to participate in the show, not only by listening, but also by participating in the discussion on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, Again, our Twitter handle is at Outside the Walls. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash step outside the walls. We hope to see you there. So as we close today, I just want to remind you that beginning November 30th, the beginning of Advent, Uh, The Diocese of Tulsa is going into a year of the family, where we're going to spend our time focusing on what it means to live out our Christian faith in our families and our world. Uh, But we're not alone in that, because the whole Universal Church is also focusing on the family. It started with the Extraordinary Synod that happened uh, recently. And then it's continuing with the colloquium coming up in Vatican very soon, which I'm I'm extremely excited about. And you can, again, find that website at humanum.it, H-U-M-A-N-U-M dot I-T. But then at the end of next year, we have the World Meeting of Families in September in Philadelphia. And we are in the Diocese of Tulsa taking a couple of buses to go out there uh, because We fully expect that Pope Francis will make an appearance there. He'll come and uh, offer a Mass and have a couple of audiences. and We want to be a part of that, and so we're going to take some buses out to participate in that. So for more information on that, go to facebook.com slash step outside the walls. And then finally, that's all going to culminate with the general synod on the family that will happen at the end of next year. And so we have this whole year in the Church Universal where we're going to be focusing on what it means to live out our Christian witness through our families and our world. Now, even as we do that as a worldwide church, even as we do that in the Diocese of Tulsa as a particular church, and even as we do that in our parishes together, this is an excellent opportunity to focus on those same things within your own family. How are you, how am I, living out our faith through our families and the world? And so in light of our readings today and the scriptures and also in the document of the church, I really want to encourage you to explore how you can live your faith more fully in your family. There's a couple of ways that I'm thinking about that. Uh, One is to, together as a family, do some spiritual practices. Maybe that's reading through the scriptures of the day. A couple of ways you can do that. One, you can go to uh, usccb.org and look up the readings of the day, or you can even just Google USCCB readings, and it'll take you straight to that page. There's also an app for that. You can download to your smartphone a program called iBreviary, which has not only the readings of the day, but also has the Liturgy of the Hours, which is one of the public prayers of the church that you can participate in with your family. Uh, Something else that you can do is to pray with your family, outside just of meals and bedtime. Uh, Take some time 
to approach God in prayer through the divine uh, chaplet of divine mercy, through the rosary, uh, through any number of prayers, to spend time with your family together praying for those you love and praying for uh, God's protection and, and rich blessings on your life. But as we've learned from St. Elizabeth of Hungary, uh, we can't just stop with prayer and scripture reading. That's an excellent beginning, and it's an excellent place. It's something that's necessary. But we also have to live lives of service. And so there are a number of ways that you can get involved in living out your faith in a practical way. Uh, Maybe you want to go to your parish and see about uh, volunteering with a benevolence ministry there in your own parish. Or maybe you could call up Catholic Charities and talk to their volunteer coordinator and see how your gifts might be best utilized for their broad number of services that they offer. You could also just get together with some of your Catholic friends and see how you could make a difference in your community. There's a group of people I know that get together every Saturday morning to go and with a food truck that they bought with their own money, go out and provide a meal for those who are less fortunate. Those working poor who do all that they can to get ahead, but for some reason uh, just can't seem to make ends meet. There are so many different ways that you and your family can be very active in living out your faith. And so I encourage you to take some time to examine what way would work best for your schedule, for your abilities, and for your family. And in your family, it doesn't have to look like anyone else's family and how that plays out. We, we all have different giftings and different strengths. And so what we do is we ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten us, to give us wisdom and direction into the ways that he wants us to, to advance his kingdom. So for you, it may look like feeding the poor. For you, it may look like uh, helping with the benevolence ministry. Uh, call up your parish and see maybe if... You can help with the year of the family in terms of uh, creating events or ideas or opportunities, or maybe you want to be involved at an even broader level. Perhaps you want to call the diocese and see about being on a task force to help create ideas and opportunities and events for for families across the diocese. I can't say which of these you need to be involved in. I don't know. All I can say is that whatever God has for you, it's a little bit more frightening than what you expect for yourself. It takes a a courage to ask God to reveal to you what kinds of things he wants you to be involved in. But remember what he said to his disciples, that if anyone would come after him, if anyone would follow him, they must take up their cross and deny themselves in order to follow him. And that's a scary proposition. So I encourage you to seek the will of God, to ask him what he may have for you to do, and to spend the time in silence waiting for the voice of God to draw you into the fullness of his plan for your life and for your family. I can't promise you that it will be immediately clear what you need to do. I also can't promise you that it will be terribly easy once you do find out what it is. It certainly wasn't easy for St. Elizabeth of Hungary. But what I can promise you is that when we follow the will of God in our lives, he gives us the grace to walk in it, and he gives us the strength to accomplish the tasks he set before us. Well, that's all the time we have today for this first episode of Outside the Walls. I'm very glad that you joined me today and hope that you'll continue this trend. Join me again next Monday at 7 a.m., 
where we spend another hour examining the intersection between faith and culture to learn how we can live out our faith more fully in the world. This has been Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow.